Welcome to Flutter Talks. I'm your host, Mike, on the podcast where we unravel the stories behind Flutter. I was always following mobile, as I mentioned, so I was always kind of looking for what are these new toolkits. You know, in fact, apps built with Flutter now touch hundreds of millions of users. And I think uh, Mobile World Congress 2018 was a keystone moment with the launch of our beta, because I remember that day refreshing my browser and seeing new articles pop up every minute and our analytics showing hockey stick results. In our very first episode, we start at the beginning, discussing the origins of Flutter, the road to Flutter 1.0, and the goals and vision for Flutter's future. What was really marvelous about the beta launch was it was very overdue. The alpha label was more of a marketing term. And I remember posts of devs saying, this is the most stable alpha we've ever seen. That was Martin Aguinis. And he joins us today as our very first podcast guest. And he is an amazing guest because he's intimately involved in the vision and growth of Flutter. Martin is Google's Flutter marketing lead, but he's been involved in the world of apps and app development for much longer. I've been involved in, in apps for a while. I always loved how easy it is to distribute them to users. Thanks. So I had a couple apps that I had funded. One was an event-based app that really helped you find all the events going on around your area. And the other one was a pre-Uber application that essentially helped with ride-sharing in universities. Martin joined Google in 2016, but he didn't start out on the Flutter team. I was on the YouTube team working in uh, VR. This was at the time that we were about to launch Daydream, so it was very nascent trying to understand what... VR really means at YouTube and how to best position some of the content to viewers. Martin joined the Flutter team in 2017 at a pivotal time in Flutter development. At the time, Flutter had just gotten Hamilton. So it was being used very widely within Google, but it was just beginning to establish that external brand. One of my primary objectives was to help craft that brand and narrative and really show the power Flutter really has externally to Google. Okay, it's 2017. Flutter is taking off. It just got Hamilton. The biggest musical in Broadway just launched their app written in Flutter. All eyes are on Flutter. And you've just started your new job marketing this mobile UI toolkit. Where do you start? Who are your users? How do you market an open mobile UI framework. We were basing a lot of our strategy among Hamilton, which was very first big external brand to use Flutter. And it was a really exciting step for the team because it became the first big domino that really knocked Flutter into that external world. But fundamental understanding of how Flutter is being used externally was very important to do at the time because unlike now where we've gotten a lot of feedback and we've already launched the full product, Back then, we were still trying to fully understand who is our target market and who can Flutter really appeal to. So my, in the early days, I actually spent a lot of time doing that. So I spent a lot of time with our UX researcher trying to understand who are our core users and also interviewing some early adopters to see what are the features that they like the most and what are the things that they want to see going forward. One of the big benefits we have now is that we get a lot of feedback from the community, and that really helps address and make sure we're steering our team in the right direction. But research was definitely a marketing priority in the early days. 
And then moving forward, a lot of branding work as well. You might have seen our website kind of being refreshed in terms of the design. You might have seen a lot of introductory videos like the Introducing Flutter animated video um, that really helped understand at a high level what is Flutter and how can your company or developers use it. It's always important to know your users, to talk to them, to understand their needs. And that's something Martin focused on early. But Martin has an advantage. Remember those two app-based companies Martin founded before Google? (laughs) One was an event app helping you locate events around you, and the other a ride-sharing app, sort of a pre-Uber in universities. He and his co-founders were experiencing firsthand the trade-offs and difficulties in cross-platform app development. I remember my co-founders and I were going over our options, and we decided to use Cordova at the time because we needed something launched quickly. Oh, well. But we're always thinking of what are the trade-offs in that decision. And I wish I had Flutter back then because so many of our issues would have been solved. Having one code base, having fast iterations on builds and these high quality graphics. Once I started working for Flutter, I remember getting on calls with my co-founders of these apps and saying, hey guys, unfortunately this solution came now, but imagine if we had this back back in our startup days. So I very much see the value of Flutter, not just as kind of the marketer on the team, but also on the startup side and on the, on the end user side as well. So Martin knows inside and out the pains of cross-platform development. But let's discuss now the development of Flutter itself. Flutter adheres to four tenets, beautiful, fast, productive, and open. I asked Martin how these tenets have influenced the development of Flutter and if they've changed over time. Well, they they say the only constant at Google is change. But one thing I strongly believe didn't change have been our values. So you mentioned beautiful, fast production and open, which are our four pillars. But I think that they all center around one common value, which is to make development better. Our team sometimes talks, talks about how when the web first came out, it was a really exciting experience because anyone can kind of throw together a web page and it was somewhat democratized. But... Mobile development isn't always like that, right? It can be really hard, especially if you don't have a lot of the knowledge. Flutter really is opening, it's kind of has that level of excitement to people as, as when the web came out in a sense that you don't need that $1 million to, to build a great app or you don't need that extensive, extensive knowledge to build kind of that, that MVP. And that's one sense of making development better. I think just kind of making it so that anyone can play with it and anyone can experience mobile development, but also the way you do it. So obviously the flexibility, we talk about beautiful and fast and productive, right? Those first three pillars, those are all about the developer experience and the end product result. And I remember just seeing the sparkle in people's eyes when they watch you know, Tim on stage at Flutter Live or us talking about these pillars, because it really is something we, we mean, right? It's not just this marketing slide that I throw together with four pillars because four is a great number for a slide. It's really, these are the four, not fully mutually exclusive, but just four tenants that we believe have given people the joy of development back and have helped us make development better. And then of course, there's that last one, open, which is incredibly important in terms of our user-first approach and our transparency. As you have probably seen, we recently publicly released our roadmap because we really want that transparency and feedback on what we're doing. For the Flutter team, being open is a lot more than just being open source. 
someone recently uh, direct messaged me on Twitter and had questions about how can they brand their Flutter-related job site. And there were definitely you know, a lot of brand violations happening with the site. But instead of immediately kind of ignoring the request and or flagging it, I really said, okay, we're a very open community and we value transparency and we want to make sure you know, everyone has the right information. So I actually just decided to go and contact my legal counsel and say, hey, how can we best help this person out? How can we best make it so that they don't have to shut the whole thing down, how they can just kind of rebrand or, or help uh, in this community? Because again, big part of Flutter is the fact that everyone's contributing somehow. So we kind of went back and forth and actually came up with a solution. And I messaged this individual back and they were very happy and they were able to immediately make those changes and kind of keep their site. So that's an example of keeping that openness and, and kind of two-way street value that we hold in Flutter of we're not looking to ignore any requests and we're not looking to prioritize certain people over, over others. I think it's really important because it's a great learning for our team as well in terms of refining those brand guidelines now that we know these specific use cases. Martin brought up some really good examples of how values truly guide a product. Although Flutter is always evolving in a team where the only constant is change, the values that Flutter holds have remained. Now, building a product is not a single task, but a journey. You lead your team by your intended path, but ultimately, you may be surprised where the road has led you. It all started in 2014 when Eric Seidel and a couple of developers from the Chrome team decided to start experimenting. And I remember those initial days, as Eric sometimes said in, in some of his videos, is Flutter really started when some devs on the Chrome team decided they wanted to try and make a faster web. And once they realized, wow, we're really onto something here, they eventually ran a lot of tests and kind of started this project called Sky. Sky was first introduced in 2015 during a Dart conference in San Francisco. It was introduced as a UI toolkit to run Dart on Android. The next year, at the same conference, Flutter was demonstrated in Munich, Germany. And on that same day, Flutter was officially opened as open source. But there's an interesting story behind the name change and how it all began. A lot of people ask, why is it called Flutter? Google actually acquired a company called Flutter about four or five years ago. And a lot of even Googlers assumed that was the current Flutter, but that's actually not the case. Google just ended up having the name rights to Flutter, and we very much liked it for the product because Flutter is a name that's all about kind of going up, openness, uh, exciting. I, I just see Flutter as a happy term, and I think that that really exemplifies what the toolkit provides. So the move from Sky to Flutter was just a simple name change? Or was there more to it? So one was the technical name change, where when we came an official product, we needed an official, legally accepted and approved name, and Flutter really fit that fold when the team got together and decided on names. But the second one was what was simultaneously happening, which I think was how this was transforming from more of an experimental product to something that was truly a solution that could benefit millions of people. And I think Mobile World Congress 2018 was a keystone moment with the launch of our beta, because I remember that day refreshing my browser and seeing new articles pop up every minute in our analytics showing hockey stick results. What was really marvelous about the beta launch was it was very overdue. What I mean by that is that the product was already incredibly stable. The alpha label was more of a marketing term. 
And I remember posts of devs saying, this is the most stable alpha we've ever seen. So I think the perceptual kind of jump or the perceptual milestone of Mobile World Congress and beta helped legitimize Flutter to the public. So now it became a lot more of a serious product. If you look at Flutter within Google and Google's priorities, at I.O., we were positioned and we got our own sandbox space with Firebase and Cloud. We were at the keynote of Google Developer Days in China alongside the other Google products. So you also saw a transformation in terms of how Google is thinking about Flutter and how much of a priority is becoming at the Google level. Since that time, awareness of Flutter has continued to expand to the point where now Martin is starting to hear Flutter talked about in unexpected places. I was actually golfing a couple weeks ago and someone I was with we were just having a conversation after a, a couple a couple holes and he was asking what I did and I told him I worked at Google at this thing called Flutter and he told me he was building a Flutter app. And that was unheard of a couple of years ago. And my Uber driver knew what, what Flutter was and I'm like, that's awesome. Just the fact that all people from all kind of industries or areas are hearing about this technology means number one, it's clearly very exciting and helping people. And number two, we're taking a step in the right direction. Flutter Live was held in the London Science Museum on the 4th of December. This was a big deal for Flutter, the first Google public event dedicated to Flutter. It was part demonstration and part celebration of Flutter and the Flutter community. Tim Sneath was on stage, along with the Flutter team and amazing Flutter developers, showcasing their apps and what they've done with Flutter. Google showed us that not only was Flutter ready for real-world applications, but that people across the world were already building them. I mean, it's really amazing when you work on something nonstop for four-plus months and finally see it come to life. But it really did take a village to make Flutter Live happen, from these community members submitting videos, to our partners giving the talks, to our internal teams planning every last detail. Absolutely everything was calculated, especially on the online front. I think the main highlight was just seeing the excitement behind Flutter Live, especially the My Flutter Story campaign. We promoted developers all over the world sharing their diverse stories. And we got submissions from everywhere like Nigeria, Australia, Paris, you know, London, Seattle, Denver, right? Everywhere in the world. And kind of going through all these stories. And if you right now even go on Twitter and type hashtag My Flutter Story, you can see some of these submissions. It really was one of those moments where you humanize the product so much because a lot of times you see results from events in terms of numbers and dashboards and, as you mentioned, hockey sticks. But when you actually see the human behind this and you actually start seeing the specific stories like I'm person X and I work at company Y and because of Flutter, I was able to achieve Z, that really hits my emotional side, right? And I do get very emotional uh, with these stories and I think it was beautiful to meet some of these people in person at the event, but also see a lot of them just on, on social media and actually putting together that My Flutter Story video that we were able to show. At Flutter Live, the four pillars that Martin discussed were front and center. We learned more about how beautiful and fast Flutter is by seeing amazing apps and how productive it was by seeing quality developer tools and services. But perhaps the most important pillar in Flutter Live was openness and seeing how important the community really is to the Flutter team. Although the event was in London, it was viewed simultaneously all over the world by over a million people. That's beautiful. Recently, on January 17th, 
Flutter released its roadmap for 2019. We got a sneak peek at some of their plans during Flutter Live, but now Google has shed more light onto what can be expected regarding Flutter at Google I.O. in May. Notice how the four pillars play a role in the roadmap as Martin discusses it. I'd say our team is very hard、uh, working on priorities to continue delivering the best way to build UI across screens. And I would tell listeners to stay tuned both at、uh, Mobile World Congress and Google I.O. this year, where we will be giving more information in terms of what we're kind of working on beyond the roadmap that we published. Why we put this together? Again, we talked about our open value and how we don't want to compromise on that. So being able to be fair and really show what it is that we are doing this year, but also being able to have that two way street and get even feedback or thoughts on the roadmap, I think is very important and one of the reasons we release this. And in terms of what's on there, I think as you'll read it, we release different themes and within each one we have more details on what we mean by them. So, fundamentals, ease of adoption, ecosystem, support for platforms beyond mobile, dynamic updates and tooling. Those are the themes that we released. And each one have, again, more details. And I really encourage you to go and read it and definitely give us feedback. But things like in the fundamentals section, you know, bug fixing and really enhancing performance. Also, some of the other themes that were interesting to people is the ease of adoption. So, adding Flutter to an existing application, something that brands like Alibaba have done. And we realized that this. Is a really important use case for people that already have applications. So, Flutter is not just for new projects. It can be integrated into existing mobile apps, just like Alibaba did. We talk about dynamic updates, patching on Android. And I think something very, people are very excited about is support for platforms beyond mobile, right? And one thing we are pledging is that we're going to make the Hummingbird project, which, as you know from Flutter Live, is Flutter running on web, available to developers this year. This last announcement, Hummingbird. Is huge. Flutter already has desktop embedding. In fact, all the slides presented in Flutter Live were written in Flutter running on desktop. But with Hummingbird, Flutter is taking on the web. So, if you haven't yet tried Flutter for yourself, Martin has some advice for you. I would say now is the perfect time. Flutter.io is our website, and that's the canonical source of truth for. Everything in terms of trying Flutter. On there, we have links to Code Labs. We have different tutorials. We have some of those explanatory videos, as you mentioned, that myself,、uh, Andrew, Philip, Emily, Matt, a, a lot of people from our DevRel and, and PM teams are on. We have even a Udacity course that was launched. I know other people from the community are launching their own courses. Some are tailored towards junior developers, some are more advanced. So there's definitely a lot of resources now that we've hit 1.0. To quickly learn Flutter and also experiment with different parts of Flutter. So, definitely go on flutter.io. And if you want to get involved in the chats or the communities, there's a community tab of the website that has all the different groups and kind of the purposes those groups serve. So, you can easily direct yourself to the right group for help. But before you even start with tutorials, courses, and labs, there's a simple way to get hooked on Flutter. To be honest, I also just encourage you to download the SDK and just try hitting hot reload and making one change on the sample app because just having that experience of trying hot reload and just seeing how Flutter is being used is, is a great one. Martin, I know you were working very hard leading up to the Flutter Live event, and I hope you got a little bit of a breather afterwards, but I have a feeling you're going to be very busy in 2019. So, best of luck to you, Martin, and to the entire Flutter team. 
It was a pleasure talking to you, and I'm so glad to have you as our guest for the first episode. It's a great way for us to start. Thanks so much for having me, and really appreciate this opportunity, and also really appreciate all the feedback. And as you just mentioned, the Fly community is very, very responsive and friendly, and so are we on the team. So never be intimidated to reach out to us because we do really value anyone's feedback or thoughts as you continue this development journey. We'll be back again next month with another great guest and the introduction of our Flutter Coding Challenges, where you contribute your solutions, help build our app, and get mentioned on the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help spread the word to the rest of the Flutter community by leaving a review and telling us what you think. On behalf of myself, producer Martin Jarrett, and sound engineer Mert Puder, thank you for listening, and we'll talk with you again on the next episode of Flutter Talks.